Welcome to the Fantasy Football BS on the BS Podcast Network with your host, Bryduck and the Snowman. This podcast is for all fantasy football players from the newbies and the beginners to the most experienced players. This podcast is sponsored by Air Care Heating and Cooling, your number one heating and cooling professional provider serving San Jose, California and surrounding areas. In this episode, we'll be breaking down the tight end position and providing you with our 2020 tight end rankings. So sit back and listen up to this great content that will help you dominate your league so you're the one holding the fantasy football trophy at the end of the season. It's Bryduck and Snowman. They come from San Man. They drop a little knowledge about the fantasy program. It's fantasy football. Division rivals player. Snowman's a Bronco while Bryduck's a Raider. But that just makes for better bullshitting. Two of the smartest football minds, so listen. A Raider in Fort Worth, a Bronco in the Bay. A mission to the top of the standings to stay. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Fantasy Football BS. I'm the Snowman with my co-host, my Texas native, and Las Vegas Raider rival over here, Bryduck. Man, after after that last content episode of the wide receivers, we're going deep with the tight ends here. I ended up cracking my beer for the episode, everyone. I'm drinking a lizard's mouth. Double IPO from Fig Mountain. I don't know if you guys know this, but you know it's from a Royal California. It is a 9% beer. I'm tired of those 5% beers I've been drinking with the bullshit that I know our special guest is going to have for the tight ends, I needed a 9% beer this episode during this thing. So introducing our first guest of the podcast for any of our episodes, let me introduce our special guest. Why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, this is the Foose joining you from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, longtime listener, first-time guest. A uh, little background on me. I'm an avid 49ers fan, born and raised in the Bay Area. Uh, played high school and a bit of college football at the tight end position. So I'm very passionate about today's topic. Uh, and I'm ready to help Bryduck and the Snowman put some respect on the tight end name. I wasn't uh, thrilled <laughs> wasn't thrilled with how you two treated my beloved position in earlier shows. So hopefully we can fix that. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I, I yeah. Like it. I like it. Yeah. It, those listeners, all the bullshit we've been talking about, our friends being Niner fans. This is our, our biggest Niner fan here, so we had to bring him on to, to set the record straight during this episode. So, That's Bryduck, right. tell, him what, tell him what we got this episode. Yeah, so uh, welcome uh, again, Foos. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Can't wait for the uh, debauchery to begin here. This is going to be a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, so for this episode, we're going to be going over top 12 tight ends. We're going to be doing a recap of uh, 2019 uh, covering the uh, top 15 uh, tight ends that finished last season. We're going to cover some honorable mentions and a couple buyer bewares as we're going through our lists. Um, as usual, if you guys are on social media, follow us on Instagram at FantasyFootballBS. Also on YouTube at FantasyFootballBS. And you can find us on Twitter at FantasyFBBS. Um, also, if you're uh, listening to us on, on podcasts now, uh, since we launched, you can find us on all major podcast platforms at Fantasy Football BS. Um, so make sure you go on there, give us a like, uh, click that subscribe button. That way you're aware of every time we're dropping new new episodes for you guys. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for that. And yeah. before, again, let's just give a shout out to our sound engineer. All we want to do is make music in this life, you know? Life, you know? <laughs> 
these days I sit and envision my life's existence and I miss it cause I analyze my thoughts like a science exhibit instead of relaxing and enjoying every second my brain takes off and spins like an old school. All right, just like the last previous physicians here, let's just do a quick recap because again, if you didn't listen to the 2019 rankings, well, first of all, you suck, but uh, now, now we can hook you up for those of you that didn't listen to it in the first place. So, uh, Bryduck, why don't you uh, give us the one through five of the, the 2019? And again, for those listeners, these are based upon PPR rankings, points per reception. So, Bryduck, hit us with one through five. Yeah, so one through five, you got Travis Kelsey finishing at number one with 248.9 points. At number two, you had Zach Ertz at 215.6 points. At number three, you had Mark Andrews at 207.2 points. At number four, you had George Kittle at 206.2 points. And finishing uh, fifth place in the top five, Darren Waller at 204.4 points. All right. All right. Wow. George Kittle, not not number one. Sucks for you Niner fans. Uh, six <laughs> through ten here. Uh, we got Austin Hooper, 180.2 points. Uh, Jared Cook at number seven at 155.1 points. Tyler Higby with the Rams at 138 points. Hunter Henry at number nine with 135 points. And Dallas Goddard with 134.2 points at number 10. Brida, did I did I pronounce that last one right? You did. You did. Did yeah. you use uh, like a pronunciation on Google Translate earlier? Yeah, I, I need to listen to that name like five more times. So uh, <laughs> I got it right for the first time during all of our shows. I got this shit finally get locked down. So yeah, it's it's fun listening to you pronounce easy last names. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then finishing off our uh, top fifteen, you had uh, Jason Witten at one hundred and thirty three point five points at number eleven. Uh, number 12, you had Mike Gesicki. Uh, See, hey, I almost no. messed that one up. Uh, with 122.6 points. Greg Olson uh, with 120.5 points. Kyle Rudolph with 113.7 points. And rounding off our top 15, Jack Doyle with 110.2 points. Perfect, perfect. And again, that's uh, 2019 PPR tight end rankings. If you got any questions, everyone just just hit us up. We can definitely re-blast that out to you guys and and makes you sure you get caught up. But jumping right into it, we're going to go now and, and turn it a little bit here. We're going to discuss our 2020 positional rankings for the tight end. So uh, for our guests, Foos over here, the Foos, Flugan, whatever you want to say, it, uh, and, and our guests uh, will be alternating our, our list here. Bryduck and I have combined our list together, so that way it's not, not three, so we could shorten this up a little bit and help you guys out and be more concise. So we will go alternating. I'll go one, then then the Foos will jump in and give us, then Bryduck will go, we'll go two. So uh, any questions, definitely let us know. But jumping right into it, I'll go with our first tight end, our positional tight end that we believe is going to be tight end number one this year off the boards is no surprise for everyone besides maybe the Foose, uh, Travis Kelsey with Kansas City. Just an absolute monster, everyone. He's been the number one tight end the last four years in a row. Since 2013, he's never finished outside the top 10. His worst in history was t- finishing tight end number eight. So he averages eight TDs the last two seasons. He's always averaging over 1,000 yards per season. The last two years, 
He's averaged 17.74 points per game. He's led or he led all tight ends in 2019 with 136 targets, which is retarded. So deep targets, he had 14, which ended up having him be second in the NFL. And there's only been two tight ends that have eclipsed the 220 total point mark. And let me guess again, no, that's not George Kittle. It's Travis Kelsey and Jimmy Graham over here. And uh, anything to add on to our Travis Kelsey over here, Brad? Uh, yeah, first, I, I just want to pave the road here for, for the listeners and, and try to paint a picture in your head for Fuse's face here. So just to, to, to let everybody know, this has been a battle for weeks. That's what brought Fuse onto our show to, to be our guest is to that, that conversation. We had a group chat going where, you know, we're trying to figure out who's the number one uh, tight end in the league. And of course, there's a, obviously a little battle here. So uh, I love the passion coming from Snowdrop and all the facts. Um, I also 100% agree that Travis Kelsey is the tight end one for this season. He will be the consensus number one overall tight end off the board. And um, I would be shocked if he doesn't finish in the, in the top three this season. Um, but he will certainly be the first tight end taken off of many boards. Um, uh, so, so just to, to make sure I, I, I painted that picture for the audience. Now, Foose, who did you have at number one? Yeah, you know, I knew I was going to have to bring some reality to the discussion. I just didn't think it was going to have to happen this early, um, but so <laughs> be it. Uh, my, my tight end number one is the man, George Kittle. And let me preface this by saying, uh, this is not just because I am a 49ers fan. Uh, really what I looked at is, is ultimately football is a game of adjustments, right? Uh, and after running all over teams last year, defenses are going to be scheming to take away the run, leaving a lot of space and opportunity for Kyle Shanahan to dial up big shots in the past game. I see Jimmy G taking another step forward uh, and Kittle getting more looks in the red zone after a down year in 2019 from a touchdown perspective. Um, so I think Kittle is really, he's at the prime of his career in the perfect offense and a solid QB with whom he's developed a great rapport. Uh, he, I see him as having a huge season, and a lot of upside, and, and that's why he is the true number one tight end. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not going to fault you for, for some of that uh, facts over here. And if, if we had this on video, you guys would have to look at the foos and just biting his tongue when we're talking. So <laughs> Uh, Bryduck, why don't, why don't you hit us up with our number two? Yeah, it's a good segue. It's a good segue because obviously coming in number two is uh, for us, George, George Kittle. And I'll tell you, you know, you guys both just covered both of those players very well. Um, obviously, the audience doesn't need to hear any more of the, the stats and, and things of that nature. But if you were to say at best they are tied head to head. Um, you've got to give the, uh, the edge to the better quarterback. And uh, I hate to break it to you, but Mahomes is light years ahead of Jimmy G in the passing game. Uh, so if, if at best they are neck and neck, you have to give that edge to the quarterback. And obviously opportunity, I mean, look at what Mahomes is able to do for that offense. Jimmy G just doesn't provide that same sort of, you know, dynamic uh, offensive output. So if, if you're asking me, um, I think both players are going to be great options. I definitely think that they will be the first two uh, tight ends off of the board. Um, 
it's kind of just what you prefer. And if you're a Niners fan, obviously you prefer George Kittle over facts. So uh, who do you have at number two, Foose? You, you just throwing shots across the bow here, uh, but, but I, I don't feel like you. I don't feel like you're bringing facts to uh, to, to mitigate my my uh, my list here. I, I was very tempted to to throw someone like uh, you know a, a Hayden Hurst here, number two, just to, to get you guys all riled up. But uh, I, I think number two, I'm I'm going Travis Kelsey. Uh, I, I know he's been the first in PPR for, for four years, consensus number one, every popular tight end ranking. Uh, but I will say past performance isn't always indicative of future success. Uh, and I'm, I'm really anticipating some reversion to mean here. He's 30 years old, past, past the prime for a tight end. Uh, tight ends typically hit their prime between 25 and 27. Uh, yes, Mahomes had an MVP season last season, but how many MVP repeats have we, ha- have we seen in the NFL? Uh, quick answer is three, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, and Joe Montana. Not totally sure Mahomes is on that level quite yet. He's great. Uh, not on that level quite yet. So uh, I'm not going to guarantee you that he's going to have that season again. Uh, and the Chiefs also have a target on their back now after the Super Bowl win. Uh, it's a game of adjustments. Every league, every defense in the league is scheming for their offense. Uh, so, I mean, I think Kelsey is a great option. Uh, still a high-powered offense. Great quarterback throwing to him. Uh, I'm sure he'll have a good year, but I just I don't think he has the, the high upside potential that Kittle has. And, and that's why I give Kittle the edge. Yeah, and I think I think for for our listeners, you know, all this does is provide you more, you know, assurance that either way you go, Kelsey or Kittle, you're going to have a, a fantastic option at tight end there. Um, so if if you're able to get either one of these tight ends on your squad, you can hear how passionate we are just talking about those top two guys. I mean, you're going to be very excited with the, with the uh, the output that you're going to get from them and the production you're going to get from them this season. Uh, yeah, and last thing on George Kittle is just the the thing that scares me and I I still have him at number two uh, is just without Debo Samuel and who knows how long Debo Samuel's out now now all the attention is going to go to George Kittle on the pass game there isn't a lot of weapons and and but again I think it's a coin flip you can go either one I just personally on my list and or on our list excuse me have Travis Kelsey but again just to piggyback off what Brideck said if you go George Kittle one over Travis Kelsey you're not going to be disappointed they're both going to have great years. They're both great tight ends. And obviously we can't spend the whole episode talking about those. So we could, I would, I, I would love to, I would love to <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, get bored with us. I've got more fellas. I've got more. <laughs> so, so jumping in uh, three for us. Yeah. Jumping into our number three, uh, we have uh, Darren Waller from, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, what a, what a sleeper pick last year. Him just was a very low draft pick. I mean, Bryduck, you picked him up. Where did you pick him last year? Can you remember? My third to last pick, so it had to have been like the 13th or 14th round. Um, I think we did 16 rounds. So I, I think, yeah, it was like the 14th round is where I got him. Yeah, so he won't be there at 14 this year. But, <laughs> Absolutely <not. laughs> But that just, again, kind of shows – once you get past a couple of those elite tight ends like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, uh, you can you can end up getting a tight end like Darren Waller was in 2019 in a later round. But to to go off uh, Darren Waller, Derek Carr loves his tight ends. He he loves to throw to his tight ends. Uh, Oakland or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. Now uh, they play from behind quite a bit. Uh, and I see Bryduck checking his head over here. So they play behind. 
quite a bit. So they're having to throw the ball quite a bit. He uh, was he's the clear clear now with Ruggs, who knows, but he was the clear number one target for Derek Carr last year. Had 117 targets and and which was 46 more targets than the next person on the roster. So that is just outstanding numbers. He's gonna see the volume. He had 565 yards after catch, which was second. Now the the only thing that that scares me about Darren Waller is can we see him produce in the end zone? He he only had three touchdowns last year, which finished 19th on the tight end list. So maybe that increases with an increase in chemistry with with Derek Carr. Maybe they try to get a little bit more better matchups uh, down the red zone for Darren Waller. But uh, again, no doubt in his athletic ability and his talent. So uh, that's who we have at our number three. The Foose over here, who do, who do you have at your number three? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with someone that might be slightly controversial uh, for, for number three, and that is Mark Andrews. Um, I, I know a lot of people are, uh, are anticipating some, some regression this season, uh, but, you know, Lamar Jackson puts defenses in impossible positions, uh, especially down by the goal line. Uh, and the RPOs down there are, are going to be just as effective as they were last year because they are incredibly difficult to stop. Um, and also this year, uh, he won't be splitting targets with Hurst, who's moved on to Atlanta. Uh, Greg Roman is still one of the best offensive minds in the game, and I don't see that changing this upcoming season. So I think Mark Andrews is still going to be a, a high performer, get a lot of touchdowns, uh, and, and that's why I have him here at number three. That's there we a good go. Selection. No, I like it. Yeah. So, so moving on to our number four, and good segue for us is we have uh, Mark Andrews at number four. Um, so you 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 touched on a, a lot of great things there. Um, you know, he led uh, the NFL last year for tight ends with touchdown receptions with ten. Um, the volume is is definitely there. He led the team with targets uh, with ninety eight targets for the team. Um, so he he's you know seeing the volume, he's seeing the production. I know that, you know, you touched on maybe a little bit of regression with Lamar Jackson. I think, I think he just continues to trend upward. Um, I think Lamar Jackson figured it out. Um, I think that the team is utilizing his assets and his skill sets, you know, flawlessly. Uh, yes, now that teams are seeing a little bit more film on him, they can scheme against some of those things. But there's some people that you just can't scheme against. I mean, it's, it's kind of like that Michael Vick era of football, right? You know, he was so, he was such a transcending talent that nobody could stop him, even though they knew what he was going to do. That's the same for Lamar Jackson. And just when you think he's going to run the ball, he's going to throw it, you know, deep downfield. And, you know, I think that, uh, I think he's going to have a huge, a huge season this year. And I think Mark Andrews is going to have a huge season as well. And you can't scheme against an RPO, right? You you can you can practice, you can practice, but if that quarterback can run that RPO efficient like Lamar Jackson does, then it, it's almost unstoppable. I'm I'm a defensive minded coach, coach linebackers in Division Two. Believe me, I don't get me started on RPO. And some defenses it's, aren't built to stop that kind of offense. No, no. You know, some defenses they're just not fast enough. They no, weren't yeah. built for that. They were built for you know power and and you know stopping teams that way versus being, you know, kind of on the sl more slender side and more speedy. Um, yeah. So s some defenses, it's just not possible for them. 
and Mark Andrews, just to give a just a, a wide look at his athletic ability, he led the league in deep threats or uh, deep targets with 20, or excuse me, receptions. But he had was the only tight end with 200-plus points this year that had less than 100 targets. So with 98 targets, he's in only 64 receptions. He still had over 200 points. So uh, that just kind of shows you his athletic ability and his deep target threat that Lamar Jackson hits. You got a number four for Foose. Uh, so at number four, I'm going with Tyler Higby. Uh, he takes a, a lot of snaps without his hand on the ground, uh, which, which you love for fantasy production. Uh, you, you love the guys that can, can break out into the slot, and, and Higby even goes out wide at times. Uh, Sean McVay still runs a high-powered offense, seventh in the league last year. Uh, I, I think Higby plays an even bigger role this year with Cooks gone uh, and the Rams likely playing from behind a ton. Uh, so I'm, I'm very high on, on Higby. I think he's got a lot of upside potential here. So he's, I, I have him at number four. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, McVay's not really known for using his tight ends, but we, we may get to that later. I, I think they've only had one season since McVay started where they finished fourth in, in targets on the team, but we'll get to, we but, may but I get do to like, I do like the pick and he is super athletic. He um, he's got potential, you know, if, if you look at his stats from last season and where he was able to finish, you know, he, he finished in the top 10. So he finished at number eight last year. Uh, so he's, he's got the potential. He's definitely got huge upside. They do lose Brandon cook. So that takes a target away from, uh, Jared Goff and, you know, some of those targets got to be distributed somewhere. Um, and they do so lose, definitely. uh, Todd Gurley. So, uh, yeah, with, they lose Todd Gurley. So there, there's some opportunity there for, for more offensive production for, for sure. And they also did not have a particularly successful season. Um, so I don't imagine sticking to the things that you've done in the past while having unsuccessful seasons is a recipe that McVeigh wants to follow. I mean, at last year was the, lo- the, the largest tight end re- target between him and uh, Everett. They actually finished fourth on their, on their team. Last year was their most successful tight end season from, from a Rams output. Now adding Cam Akers um, may add some some targets there, but uh, going on to on, on to our number five here, uh, we have uh, Zach Ertz. Uh, so I, I think a lot of people have Zach Ertz going a little bit higher. He's starting to kind of reach that peak uh, of kind of where Foose had, had talked about over here with kind of going a little down maybe. He finished off as tight end number three last year excuse me, tight end two last year, last three seasons, he's been able to finish a top three tight end. So he, he's had a very good pass and, and Carson Wentz loves Zach Ertz and seems to, to be able to find him, even though they're trying to put a roster together by just dragging fans out of the stands to play wide receiver for him since they couldn't do shit last year. But with all their weapons back, he did have nine drops last year, which was first uh, among t- tight ends. So he, he isn't known for dropping the ball, that which is quite frustrating. And he's to me, I, I like him. He's good, but he's he's streaky. He'll have one game where he scores 19 points, and then the, the next three weeks he'll score nine points. So he's a little streaky for me, but I don't know, Frederick, if you want to say something before 
the foos jumps into number five. Yeah, I'd like to to trigger our first buyer beware for Zach Ertz. Um, the reason being is, you know, they, they've got a second string tight end who um, might possibly take over that, that role. Um, Dallas Goddard is a stud. And for a second there last year, I almost thought Goddard was going to take over that starting role. Ertz had a really st- slow start of that season. Um, in my league, particularly, he got traded, uh, you know, probably halfway through the season because he wasn't doing anything. And then all of a sudden he took off and ended up finishing the season number two overall. So he ended up having a really strong uh, finish, but it was, it was slow going to get him there. And Dallas Goddard had 87 targets last season. That's a lot of targets being a take being taken away from Zach Ertz. So if you are taking Zach Ertz, you know, the talent is there, obviously he finished number two overall last year, but if you're taking him, I, I, you know, just want to throw those uh, red flags out there for you to think about. Good points. Good points. Uh, Logan, who, who you got at number five? All right. Uh, I got a particularly controversial one here. So buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. At number five, uh, I got my man, Jared Cook. Uh, he is a monster if he can stay healthy. I, I know he's 32. Uh, I, I know that he didn't have a ton of receptions in the last season, uh, but I, I see defenses focusing a bit more on Thomas after he had an ungodly season last season. Uh, Breeze knows how to spread out the targets. I mean, that was his MO before uh, before this last season was you could never draft a, a Breeze wide receiver because uh, he was throwing to different ones every single game. Um, so I, I think he's going to spread out his targets and uh, and – the uh, the recipient is going to be Jared Cook, particularly in the red zone. I mean, he had uh, 65 targets last season in 14 games, and he scored nine touchdowns. I mean, this guy's a touchdown machine. So I, I, I think he has a ton of upside. Uh, if he can stay healthy, uh, this could be a huge season for him. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And uh, that's a great segue again, Foos, into our number six. Um, I, I am, I'm, I'm actually pleasantly surprised with where you're, where, where you're placing some of these guys so far. The, the Higby one was definitely controversial, but this one <laughs> I, I, I'll agree with. Number five, I'll, I'll give you that because we got him at number six. Like you said, huge upside. Uh, he's got Drew Brees as his quarterback. Drew Brees has always had great tight ends every year in fantasy. Um, last year, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head, but Jared Cook still finished ranked number seven overall last season. So he still finished top 10, um, was a, was a good tight end. If you had him, uh, he, he put up good, uh, good points, uh, each week. So he had an 11.9 average points per game last year. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're plugging him into your roster, you were sure enough going to get a dozen. So that's not terrible for a tight end. That's not, you know, something that you would be upset with if you're, if you're tight ends getting you 12 points each week um so great great uh player but you you kind of hit it there by saying if he can stay healthy you know when he was with the Raiders I loved Jared Cook I was really upset when we got rid of him um he was a great option for us I definitely think another year in the same system with Drew Brees is just going to pay him you know that much more uh, respect, and he's going to have that much more production going into this year. With so, with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders too. So yeah, with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders, you're you're taking taking or putting him in better matchups. Not only is Thomas going to take uh, the double coverage or or the bracket with with the safeties, but you got Emmanuel Sanders as well. That's going to 
open up some holes for, for Jared Cook. And, and Jared Cook averaged a good point on the, on the deep threat. He did average 16.4 yards per reception. So uh, the, you can obviously, there's, there's a lot of people above on our list that were averaging around 12. So he averaged four yards more per reception than some of the people we had above, which, which just kind of shows you his deep threat uh, that, that Breeze likes to hit him. So, and if you look at our top sixteen, um, you know we're only going to cover our top twelve tight ends, but we've we've ranked out sixteen of them, and he has the most yards average per catch of any tight end of any of those sixteen. So he gets the most yards every time he catches the ball of any of the tight ends. So yeah, because a lot of people are, that that those numbers are just going to skyrocket. Yeah, and a lot of people look at his thing and say, well, he never he's never had over 100 targets in a season the the most he's ever had is 98 so he's never had over 100 targets so he's he's not gonna see that high volume and i don't think he's gonna see 100 targets this year with with the amount of weapons that breeze can spread it out to but again with that deep ball threat ability that he has then he's still gonna get you the point so yeah and he could, he could score 12 to 14 touchdowns. I mean, he's, he has Easy. that type Absolutely. of potential. Absolutely. Easy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you uh, round out our top six uh, w- with your number six here, Foos? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I will round it out with a name that's already been mentioned, and that's Zach Ertz. Um, I, uh, I couldn't bring myself to, to put him any lower than six. Um, I, he's a bit lower in my, in my ranking uh, than, uh, than most for a few reasons. Um, Doug Peterson's taking over OC responsibilities this season uh, after the Eagles offense landed in the middle of the pack last season. Uh, so not totally sure how that's going to play out, but uh, adds some risk in my opinion. Uh, there's some uncertainty there that I'm not thrilled about. Uh, and then as, as Brian Duck already mentioned, I, I see Dallas Goddard playing a, a much bigger role in the offense moving forward. He's, he's too promising to leave out of the game plan. Uh, and as a result, it's going to eat into Ertz's targets and, and really limit his upside. Uh, but all that being said, he's still a fantastic player. He, he's still going to get a fair number of targets. Uh, so I, I couldn't drop him too far down the list. So that's why I have him at number six. Very nice. Very nice. And and going in, that that rounds our top six. Uh, after our sponsored message here, we'll we'll finish off the rest of our list. So let's pause here for a second for our sponsored message. AirCare Heating and Cooling is your number one heating and cooling professional provider serving San Jose and the surrounding communities. The summer season is upon us, and AirCare Heating and Cooling is here to make sure that your cooling system is in tip-top shape for those hot summer days. Call now to have maintenance performed to ensure that your air conditioner will outlast the upcoming summer season. Call 408-809-7350 to book your maintenance appointment now. Or visit us at aircareheatandcool.com to book an appointment online. Aircare Heating and Cooling, where we care for your air. All right. Thank you, Aircare Heating and Cooling, for that sponsored message here. So uh, we're going to jump right into our, our number seven here. And this, this is the name that we're going in here. And some people may have him a little lower. Uh, we like him here. And I, I know this is a name that Bryduck and I talked about quite a bit last year. And our number seven is Austin Hooper. Now, I, I like Austin Hooper. I had Austin Hooper on my team last year. Uh, I ha- ended up picking him up after Hunter Henry got hurt. Then I ended up getting Austin Hooper. And then when Hunter came back, it was kind of I week to week talking with Bryduck. It was it's kind of hard. 
Uh, Austin Hooper continued to, to keep that volume up last year. He had a career highs in targets, receptions, yard, and touchdowns. His true – this is what's insane. His true catch rate, which is his total receptions divided by total catchable balls, was 97.4%, which is second among tight ends. So if it was a catchable ball, he's catching the ball 97% of the time, which is just insane. He ended up missing three games last year, but he still ended up doing quite well in finishing number six. So I think going forward, I I think Baker Mayfield is going to have to rely on an Austin Hooper with OBJ with Jarvis Landry, Chubb, Kareem Hunt in the pass game. They got a lot of weapons in Cleveland, and which is going to keep Austin Hooper open. And I think he's going to end up having a, a fantastic season. So that's why who we have at number seven, uh, the Foose over here. Who who do you have? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going with another name that that has already been mentioned, but I, I got a bit lower on my list. I'm going with Darren Waller of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, he, he's, he's still a guy that, that's going to get a lot of targets. Um, so I think his production uh, still merits uh, his ranking at number seven. Uh, but uh, I didn't have him quite as high as, as others uh, because I, I see him getting less targets this year, uh, you know, especially with the, the ghost of Al Davis whispering in Chucky's ear saying, throw it, throw it to the fast guy. Throw it to the fast guy. <laughs> he runs a four too. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, you know, I, I see the Raiders continuing to push uh, more of a, a run heavy system with Jacobs taking their shots outside uh, with some of these faster weapons. And, and that leaves a, a bit less opportunity for Waller. So that, that's why I have him a bit lower. Okay. Can't argue with that with uh, Al Davis over here, but uh, uh, real quick, Bry. So we're going seven through 13 right here. Bry Duck, where do you expect and where should our newbies look at these seven through 13? What round would you look at these tight ends at so these these tight ends you're starting to get in the territory of your your 90s and above so like your ninth round and above is probably where you're going to start seeing some of these guys now you might get some of these guys who we're going to drop some names who have some of that big name value and you might run into some leagues with some people who are going to be a little overzealous on a guy like a Gronkowski just because I've got to have Gronk on my team um, but th- these names are, are guys that we don't value as high as just based off of name value and maybe what they've done in the past. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind when you're going into these drafts and keep in mind, you know, aside from a Kelsey and a Kittle, you shouldn't even be going after tight ends before the sixth round. Um, if, if, if you've got a, a Kelsey or a Kittle in the first couple of rounds and you've got an opportunity and you want to pull a trigger on a tight end that early, uh, sure. Go ahead. Um, but aside from those two guys, you're looking pretty late, uh, in, in the draft this year for, for tight ends. So keep all that in mind and then moving into our number eight, um, Hunter Henry is going to be our number eight tight end. Uh, I think Hunter Henry staying with the Los Angeles Chargers um, probably was the best decision for Hunter Henry. Uh, I think that there was a lot of teams that were definitely open to uh, taking on his services, especially the New England Patriots were one of the big names that were being rumored to be going after him. Um, but the Los Angeles Chargers didn't let him out of the building. He had a, a very good season last year, finishing top 10. He finished number nine. Uh, he had 
had 12.3 average points per game. Uh, career highs in targets, receptions, yards, average uh, targets. Uh, but the problem is, is that was all done by a quarterback that isn't there anymore. Uh, Philip Rivers has moved on to the Indian, Indianapolis Colts, and now you're bringing in, I don't know, maybe Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert. We'll see how that battle goes. Um, I don't think there's much of a battle because of Corona. So I think that they'll probably give it to Tyrod uh, just because there's not a lot of opportunity for, for quarterbacks in the offseason to get reps right now. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be Tyrod Taylor. It could pay him so, some, uh, you know, might, it might actually help his production having Tyrod because of checkdowns and, you know, Tyrod trying to be safe with the ball not wanting to make mistakes might be checking down a lot this season to Hunter Henry. Um, so you might actually see a lot of value come out of Hunter Henry just because Tyrod Taylor is going to be doing a lot of checkdowns. And, um, and he only played 11, he missed four games last year and he still yeah. finished ninth. That's, an, that's another problem with him though, is he can't seem to stay healthy, you know, yeah. For He's sure. Kind of like uh, Antonio Gates there at the end of his career where the guy just couldn't stay on the field. It's like Hunter Henry was supposed to take over for Gates seasons ago, but they kept having to bring Gates back because the guy couldn't stay on the field. I yeah. mean, they had to call Gates from home and like, hey, will you come out of retirement and come play for us? Because <laughs> <laughs> this kid can't stay on the field. So. That is, you know, that is a, a concern of mine with Hunter Henry, but he's definitely got the ability, obviously, with career highs and targets, the, uh, the offensive coordinator out there is scheming things to, to work around him. Um, so great, uh, great opportunity on your, on your team if you come across a Hunter Henry late in the draft. Um, you know, definitely scoop him up and you'll be, you'll be excited to have him on your team. Absolutely. Number eight, Foos? Yeah, number eight, uh, again, someone that, that's already been mentioned. I'm going Austin Hooper, um, signed to that shiny new $23 million guaranteed deal with the Browns. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what he can do in, in Kevin Stefanski's system. Uh, is a, a fantastic player, but a new system. Uh, he also could potentially be split, splitting some targets with Njoku if, uh, if he ends up uh, getting back on board with, with what the Browns are trying to do this year. Um, so I, and I, I really like Njoku as a talent. Um, so I, I think if, if he gets on board, uh, that could mean uh, cutting into the number of, of tight end snaps and, and, and targets that Hooper gets. Um, so that, that sort of limits his value there, but uh, he's, he's still a solid producer. Um, so I have him at number eight. Yeah, I agree. And uh, with with uh, Hooper, David Njoku just just requested a trade. Um, his agent told the Browns he wants out of there. So if Njoku gets you know what he wants and he gets traded, Hooper's value is just going to skyrocket. Um, Absolutely. But, but I a hundred percent agree. I was me and Snow both were shocked by that pickup by Cleveland um, because they have Njoku, and I think it's like in, a slap in the face. I think David Njoku is great. Um, He's great. I saw no reason that they needed to go and get another tight end. It made zero sense to me in the offseason when that happened. Um, I, I was shocked. You know, maybe their their thought was trying to go, you know, the Browns have always tried to be the Patriots ever since they got rid of Bill Belichick. And I think they see kind of that two tight end scheme offense that they run out there and they're just trying to mirror it. I mean, a lot of the NFL nowadays is, you know, a lot of NFL teams are running two tight end sets. Um, so maybe that's their thought is they want to have two stud tight ends and that's, that's their game plan. Um, 
David Njoku doesn't sound like he wants to be a part of it, though. So uh, if, he, if he moves on, I, I, I think Cooper's value goes up even even more. I think he significantly jumps up the board there. So. Yeah, I, I, uh, that, to, to add on to that, um, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, but I think requesting a trade and actually making something happen in this type of environment uh, is really difficult. So I, I don't see that happening for him. Uh, Cleveland's not going to take, uh, you know, take peanuts for Njoku. They know he's a great player. Um, so I think he's going to end up staying put uh, and, and getting back on the field. Um, so I, I don't think the trade is actually going to happen. Yeah, I agree. Going on to, to our number nine, we have uh, Gronkowski. And this is a name. Yeah. Yeah. This is newbies here. Do not pick him first, please. You Donovan (laughs) McNoobs. All right. Some of you are going to be like, oh, Gronk won some Super Bowls, him and Tom Brady. Don't pick him first. All right. Pick the safe pick and go Kelsey or Kittle. Don't be an idiot. But uh, Gronkowski over here, uh, he hasn't really been the healthiest person. It it seems he. One season, he goes off, then he gets injured, then he sits out the whole season. So injuries have always been something. And when that guy is healthy, the guy is is a beast. And as a Broncos fan, I don't know how many times we had a face, and it's just like, damn it. We had to face Gronkowski in the playoffs again. Like almost hoping we're in that offseason where he was not healthy so that way – we had a fighting chance because he's unstoppable. Try to try to match up against what what Gronk could do when he's healthy was was insane. Now he's he's finished tight end six or better. Uh, now I, I we have him lo- lower than a lot of people probably have him. Some people may have him a little lower than that, but I've seen him lately. Bryduck's seen him lately. He's a lot skinnier and a lot smaller than what he used to be. So. Uh, the nice thing going for him is him and him and Brady already have that relationship already together. So even with this COVID stuff, I don't see too much of a hiccup between them being able to get on the same page again. So he should be able to to get back and and essentially hit the ground running from from what he was before he retired. But uh, again, this is a, a pick that I'm looking round eleven. Maybe uh, I'm not picking him nine. I'm not picking him earlier than that. Uh, so this is someone that if he's down there and I've got my roster stacked with other positions and I see him in round 11, I might be, I might pull the trigger, but uh, Gronkowski at, at, at number nine uh, over here, the Foose, who do you have? Yeah, real quick, I'm going to I'm going to hit you with a teaser and say Gronkowski is a name that's going to come back up when uh, when we get to the buyer beware section. So uh, I was just going to say, yeah, he's definitely another buyer beware. Yes, exactly. Stay stay tuned for that, folks. Uh, But but back to back to my list here uh, at at number nine, Uh, I'm going Mike Gesicki. He's a, another guy who, who plays a lot of downs without his hand in the dirt. Uh, he, he's versatile. He can split out. 
Uh, and I think that really helps fantasy production. Uh, I know uh, offensive coordinator Chan Gailey is uh, known a bit more for his running game, but uh, he has familiarity with, with, uh, with Fitz uh, from his Bills and Jets days. So I, I think there's some upside potential there. Uh, if they end up going, uh, going to a, uh, you know, the rookie quarterback from the Alabama system, uh, I think the, the check down to the tight end, the, the, the safety blanket of, of the quarterback, uh, I think is going to be a popular option. So uh, either way, I see a, a lot of upside for, for Gesicki here. Uh, and I, I think he's going to have a, uh, a much more productive season than, than he has had uh, previously. Yeah, and, and he is super, super athletic. That Absolutely. kid is a freak, man. Yeah. If, it, just go back and watch that kid's combine. Uh, his size is just freakish, freakish athletic ability. Um, so he's, he's got all the skills in the world. It's just, you know, too bad that – I mean, Fitzmagic isn't the worst quarterback to have, you know, but certainly, you know, he could he could probably have better. So I think he's him and Tua when Tua is fully healthy and, you know, a full off season without, you know, all this Corona stuff going on. Um, I think next season, Gesicki and Tua, I think that they, they you know, I'm looking, be something I, special. I'm looking a year ahead, you know, I'm looking a year ahead. Uh, I think next year, you know, will be something special, but uh, moving I, into our, Oh, go ahead. Uh, and just just to add on to that, uh, Fitzgerald is not afraid to sling the ball. Uh, he might not be the guy that will win you a ton of games or, or get you to the playoffs, uh, but he is not afraid to sling the ball uh, around the yard. Um, so I, I think that uh, that helps, particularly and, with a, a new offense. And once upon a time, without a shirt and a suit on, that he was the man standing up there at the podium, if you guys remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. Once upon a time, he was demanding some serious dollars for a contract. You know, he's – He's no schlub for sure, you know, and he's a super smart guy, very intelligent. Um, I just think, you know, talent, you know, wise and things of that nature, you know, certainly he could, you know, he could have better, right? But um, he could do a lot worse too. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's a a great selection there. At number 10 for us, we've got uh, Evan Ingram with the New York Giants. uh, Finished last season, uh, ranked number 18. The guy only stayed on field for half the season. He only got through eight games. Um, he hasn't played a full season since his rookie year in 2017. Uh, when he's on the field, though, it's just a different offense. He is very athletic, shows flashes of just, you know, crazy athletic ability and being able to be that playmaker at the tight end position that is one of those transcendent talents that teams, you know, they look for. Um, if, if Evan Ingram can finish a full season, I think that he finishes top five. Um, I think that this is one of those sleeper picks that if, if he can put it all together and stay healthy, I think that he has a big, big, big upside ability. Um, so that's just something to be aware of. You know, he, he finished last season averaging 13.7 points per game. If he didn't, only play eight games, he would be way up this list and up a lot of people's rankings. Um, so, so we, you know, we've got Evan Ingram at number 10. Who do you got at number 10, Foos? Yeah, I, uh, I, I got Hunter, Hunter, Hunter Henry here at number 10. Um, I, all due respect to, to Tyrod Taylor, uh, but I see him losing the job by week four. 
Um, and, and I see Justin Herbert uh, jumping in and, and uh, throwing the slinging the ball all over the field. Uh, if, if you saw his Oregon days, he uh, he doesn't strike me as a uh, a checkdown kind of guy. Uh, he's more of an air it out kind of a guy. Um, so I don't think that's going to help the tight end production. Uh, so it's really to me, it's just hard to rely on on the quarterback play uh, in, in order to put Hunter Henry any higher, uh, despite his obvious physical talents that you already alluded to. Um, so I, I think I think he's uh, he with a better quarterback play would be uh, further up this list. Uh, but but as of now, I, I have him at number 10. All right. All right. Now our number 11. Uh, I'm going to have a uh, duck so I don't butcher the hell out of this name. I'm going to have Bryduck uh, pronounce our number 11. And you, then you I'll know, drop you know down. Sp- you know, it's funny, Snow, is you even have it spelled wrong. <laughs> Do I really? Oh, shit. It's, it's Mike Gesecki. Maybe that's why I'm uh, mispronouncing everything is I just have it spelled wrong every time. <laughs> There's no great. spell check. I don't spell yeah. check. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Mike Gesicki, number 11. Yeah, there we go. Thank you for dropping that name for us, Spreadock. Uh, so uh, over here, uh, I think, again, he's freakishly athletic, uh, second in, in the team with targets with 89. The last five weeks, he averaged 13.4 points per game, which ended up finishing tight end six. So he, he has the talent. He's coming off a nice relationship that he was able to build with Fitzmagic towards the end of the season. I I think uh, a lot of people, the scary thing is I think a lot of people have him higher on the, on the list and are looking at him and giving him a lot of hype. I I still, uh, with that Miami offense, that's just the biggest question mark. We said it before, if he was on a better team, AKA maybe the Broncos, for instance, uh, if he was on a better team, uh, <laughs> maybe he'd do a little bit better, but uh, that I think if he was on a better team, I think he'd be much higher. Uh, he only had two drops. Uh, I think he's going to be highly targeted again uh, with that Miami offense. And I think adding Jordan Howard and, and Matt Breda uh, with, with Miami, I think only is going to help Miami with being able to give them a better run game. But I think it town alone, I think he can surprise a lot of people and I think he's going to do well this year. So that's our number 11, the Foose. Who do you got over at number 12 or 11? Excuse me. Yeah. I've got Evan Ingram here at number 11. Uh, you guys already uh, covered a, a, a lot of good points about Ingram and, and his upside. Uh, I will, uh, I will echo that. Um, I, I think he's an interesting case because uh, Daniel Jones is, is also progressing well. Uh, Jason Garrett is now in charge of that offense. Um, say what you want about his head coaching abilities, but uh, he, is, he is supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what, what he's able to do with Daniel Jones. Um, and, and so I think there's, there's some upside uh, potential there that makes him particularly attractive. Uh, so he's, he's a guy that I think uh, you should definitely keep, keep an eye on if you're uh, in streamland with your tight ends. Uh, so I got him at, at number 11. And he, yeah. he, he had 68 targets in eight games. I mean, yeah. which, which is crazy. So if he can stay healthy, yeah. uh, I, I like him. Finish, a, finish with a crazy amount of targets if that stayed on pace. That's, yeah. That would be the most of any tight end in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so, you know, aside from maybe Kelsey, he'd be up there, you know, 
neck and neck with targets with Kelsey at, you know, 136 with Kelsey. So that's yeah, that's pretty that's pretty nuts to to think about. You know, and and just to touch on a different topic, not to go too far off here, but you know, with Corona and the whole offseason going on, a, a lot of these players are getting such a huge disservice for some of the changes that happen in the offseason with coaching staffs and coordinators that they're really not seeing the full, you know, what they could have gotten out of these guys. Uh, so I think that a lot of that stuff is, is really just a, a huge letdown for obviously not only the players in these teams and the fans of those teams, but us as fantasy football players, you know, we're, we're going to see kind of a diminished, you know, uh, output in production. I feel like this year in, in offensive production, I feel like this year is going to be a huge defense year. Um, with with the lack of being able to be on the field and get in those reps, it is so important for an offense to get in these offseason reps that I really feel like a lot of teams are going to be super rusty out of the gate for probably a good quarter of the season. And um, without preseason? And with no preseason now? Yeah. I mean, I think that a, a lot of defenses are just going to take over uh, a lot of games. And, uh, you know – you're going to have to get very selective with who you decide to pick in fantasy football this year and pay special attention to people who had changes in offensive coordinators and head coaches, because all of that's going to pay a huge disservice to you if you draft a guy that has all of those now hurdles to get through. Um, so just things to keep in mind as, as we go through these lists and, and future episodes, just keep all that stuff in mind. And that's a, a, a good point that I think, um, is almost advantageous for tight ends uh, because tight ends the the route tree is uh, is significantly smaller than that of wide receivers uh, and the uh, we really have maybe one key of, of which side we're side of the ball we're on uh, and we have one or two words that say that we we flex out for a play uh, but the uh, number of options that you need to learn as a tight end uh, can be a lot smaller and, and can make you a more reliable option uh, particularly earlier in the season than, than perhaps uh, some of the wide receivers that are are new and, and motioning and and having to consume a lot very quickly yeah absolutely and and dropping the the vocab over here, Foose. I don't know if you realize this, but um, our listening and our listeners, they're our friends. So uh, you know these people too. I don't know if they're going to catch on to that big word you just threw out there. <laughs> I'm not sure you caught on to that big word I just threw out there. He's, how do you, how do you spell that? He's on Web, he's on Webster right now. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to spell it. Google keeps telling me I'm spelling it wrong. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, rounding out our top 12 here, uh, finishing strong. Number 12, we've got Hayden Hurst. Um, I think that Hayden Hurst is going to have such a huge season this year. If you look at what Austin Hooper was able to do last year, um, I think that Hayden Hurst has a bigger season than that. And having him ranked here at 12, the reason being is because of everything that I just, you know, kind of prefaced this, this pick with is all of, you know, it's a new team. He's on a new team. So he's got new schemes to learn, new offensive coordinator to get, you know, involved with head coaches, you know, has to learn what Matt Ryan, you know, wants him to do and where he should be. And, you know, all of those things is the only reason why we have Hayden Hurst ranked at number 12, because I think he has huge upside ability. Had we had a regular off season, we would have him higher up on our list. He is a clone of Austin Hooper. They're both 6'4", 245 listed. 
um, good route runners, but Hayden Hurst is a freak. This kid has speed, um, has a very good uh, catch rate. Last year, he had a 90.7 true catch rate, which ranked him sixth in the NFL. He's younger than Austin Hooper. Um, I think that this could be a potential steal in the draft this year that you can get late. And, you know, you're going to have that upside of like a what Darren Waller was able to do for a lot of teams last season. Um, so somebody that you should put an asterisk next to keep an eye on as you start getting late in your draft. If Hayden Hurst is still on the board, scoop him up and, you know, be very happy you have him on your team. And what a home run Atlanta hit, right? They lose Hooper, but sign Hayden Hurst, a younger clone of Austin Hooper. What a exactly. home run to hit in the offseason. Such a, such a huge steal. Um, you know, when they lost Austin Hooper, it was kind of like, ooh, that's a hit. And then they got Hayden Hurst, and it was like, oh, man. They actually kind of came up on that. So uh, that's, that's at least our opinion. So uh, number 12, how are you finishing out your top 12, Foose? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm finishing with another slightly lesser known name, uh, Jonu Smith from Tennessee. Um, this is a guy that, uh, that had a lot of success last year once Tannehill took over. Um, I, nobody's catching a lot of balls from, from Mariota, um, but uh, once Tannehill took over, he, he saw a lot of success, and, and I think that, that success is going to continue. He'll play an even more significant role in the offense, uh, particularly as teams increasingly stack the box against that monster run game. Uh, you got to throw the ball every once in a while, um, and, and I think there's a lot of opportunity for, for Smith to, uh, to not only be a high touchdown guy, uh, but, but also actually see a, a lot of targets. Um, so I think he's uh, he has really high upside, so so that's why I have him at twelve. Okay, yeah. very athletic, a very athletic tight end as well. Huge upside. Um, good pick. I mean, that's a that's might be a more of a sleeper pick. Uh, you know, kind of where we're at in, in in these picks. When you get kind of this low in the tight ends, you know, that's that's what you're going with. So uh, I, I like that pick. That's a good one. Yeah, no, definitely, and it's a name that. With the, with the play action, Tannehill does great with the play action and percentage. And with your running back, when your running backs are running the ball 300 times in a season, then they're going to stack the box and, and it's going to leave open for that for that nice, nice play action pass. So uh, good, good breakdown. That kind of rounds off our, our top 12 here. We're going to go into uh, some, some honorable mentions as well as just kind of listing off some, some buyer bewares for everyone they could be on this list as well just uh even though they're they're ranked high they they still can be a high risk uh reward type of deal but uh bright up how about you hit up our first honorable mention and then we'll we'll pass it off to foos yeah i'll say our first honorable mention and the number one tight end handcuffed that everybody should be targeting is dallas goddard um, Dallas Goddard, if something happens to Ertz, becomes absolute premium gold. And it's not like you're all of a sudden getting a tight end that it's like, oh, great, I hope he can do well. You know, as the backup last year, the guy had 87 targets. Um, he was putting up double digits each game, average points per game uh, as a backup. Uh, so, you know, if if he has the ability to get on the field more or if he ends up taking over somehow in that role like it was starting to look last year, I think Dallas Goddard is a great honorable mention and the number one handcuff uh, tight end for this season. Very nice. Very nice. The Foose over here, who's your 
first honorable mention for this list? Yeah, my, mine is a, a guy that I sort of agonized over uh, over bumping him, him up higher, uh, and that that's Hayden Hurst. Uh, you, you guys covered a, a lot of uh, of what he's got going for him. Uh, huge upside potential, uh, primed for success with, with Matty Ice at the helm of, of Dirk Cutter's pass-heavy offense. Uh, the Falcons do have a, a plethora of offensive weapons with Julio and Ridley on the outside. Uh, got Gurley in the backfield now. Uh, so, uh, that's, he, he, uh, he's not going to be the main target there. That that's for sure. Uh, and add that to the, the absence of experience as, as a full-time starter, uh, is why I, I couldn't justify bumping him up higher. Uh, but he's definitely a, a high risk, high reward kind of a guy, uh, and is deserving of honorable mention. There you go. There you go. And, and our, our second honorable mention, uh, here is, uh, Noah Fant, uh, with, with the Broncos and, uh, I know, I know the Foose is laughing over here, uh, and and I, hey, I, I actually asked Bryduck who who he, who wanted on the honorable mentions, and and he put uh, Noah Fant. So I, hey, he's a freak. He's a freak. He, he is insane. Yeah. Tied in you over there in in Iowa. I don't know what they're breeding out there with their tight ends with George Kittle. You got TJ with Detroit. Now you got Noah Fant as well. Just tight end machine college over there. So. Noah Fant is insane, just a freak. He he led all tight ends in 2019 uh, with with offensive stats. He had two games with 100 plus yards. He kind of had a had a slow start to to the season, but you could see from week one that they really really tried to get him the ball. He had sometimes seven targets just kind of in the first half alone so they they definitely tried to feed him the ball and for whatever reason uh Flacco just sucked for the Broncos and couldn't get in the ball and then once Drew Locke came in he started having a a much better second half uh, of the season now what's kind of crazy here is now you're adding Pat Shermer as the offensive coordinator has targeted his tight ends at least 90 times per season in 2016 so when he it was with Minnesota. They had Kyle Rudolph, obviously, with the Giants. He had Evan Ingram. So the guy has used his tight ends quite well as an OC. And now with the, the addition with Jerry Judy, and I think what kind of struggled for Noah Fant last year was it was Court, Cortland Sutton, and when everyone locked him down, then it was Noah Fant. And Noah Fant was getting a lot of attention. But now that you're going to add Jerry Judy to that offense – now you got to cover Sutton. You got to cover Judy and give him respect. Now that kind of just opens up Noah Fant for a better matchup nightmare uh, for Shermer to use. So uh, I, I love obviously talking to me some Denver Broncos, but uh, the Foose over here. Who who do you have as your second honorable mention? Yeah, unfortunately, I, I'm not able to steer away from the Broncos because this is also who I had as my there honorable mention was Noah. There we go, giving some love. Um, <laughs> so I, 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 I won't, uh, I won't rehash all of that. I, I will just say that the, uh, 
Um, the new OC with uh, a young quarterback in, in Drew Locke uh, gives cause for concern. Uh, on top of that, the uh, the offense uh, last year for Denver just gave an abysmal effort. Um, so that, that's why uh, I'm, I'm not higher on him. Uh, but as you said, there, there's a, a lot of upside potential there. He's a fantastic athlete. Uh, so he, uh, he got the honorable mention nod from me. That's why that's what we get as Denver Broncos is hiring a, a Niners coach to be our offensive coordinator. I mean, you can take the sloppy seconds if you want, man. It's all good. Quite quite <laughs> silent over there. That's that's what kind of drove our offense into the ground. As soon as we brought in Niners, Niners OC over, Kyle Shanahan tricked us and and we thought he was smart and ended up being a, a dummy. So uh two uh, two buyer bewares here. Um uh, Bryduck, why don't you, you – you already listed one off for us, but who do you have as our two buyer bewares? Yeah, so uh, just to cover, you know, the one that we covered uh, during the show, um, we had Zach Ertz as our as our number one buyer beware um, just because of Dallas Goddard being there, you know, kind of lurking in the shadows, re- ready to take over at a moment's notice. Um, any slip-ups from Ertz, slow starts, um, small little injury he gets it's it's that small of a of a of a window that Ertz has to hold on to that position um anything he does wrong he could literally lose that that role so uh that's going to be our number one buyer beware and then our number two buyer beware is going to be uh Rob Gronkowski just for the simple fact of not wanting to be that guy that has to have Gronk on your team and you take him too early. Um, if you get him late and, you know, you're able to kind of scoop him up, you know, between the 10th to 12th round, um, you know, you might be very excited to have him on your team. But any earlier than that, you're reaching. Um, you don't know how healthy the guy is. You know, like Snow already uh, mentioned, he doesn't have the same size on his frame. I don't know what he's been able to pack back on since he's, you know, signed with the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but I think he was weighing like 240. So he, he's got some size to put back on. Uh, he can definitely do it. The guy is a workout machine. Um, but between his injuries and taking a season off and new team and pretty much new everything for, for him and Brady, uh, that would be our second buyer beware. All right. All right. Foose over here, who are your two buyer bewares? Yeah, my, my first one is, is going to be TJ Hawkinson. Uh, he, he's a, this is a name that uh, has, uh, has been floating around uh, as, as potentially being in these types of top lists. Uh, he's a guy with tons of talent. Um, I, I mean, I, I can see why um, you know, folks who, who saw him play in college would be tempted to, to take a flyer early on him, uh, particularly with how, how young he is. Uh, but uh, I think there's just a, a, a huge question mark as, as to whether or not he will emerge as a real part of, of Daryl Bevel's offense uh, out there in Detroit. Um, so I, I think taking a flyer, uh, particularly uh, anywhere in your draft at all, uh, on him w- w- would be a mistake and a waste of a pick. So, so that's my, my first, uh, you know, wait and see kind of a guy. Uh, so buyer beware on that one. Um, and, and then to, to close it out with a, a bit more Rob Gronkowski conversation, I mean, this one seems pretty obvious to me. You guys know as well as I do, uh, th- this game that, that, that they play is hard. 
you have to be in it all the way. Uh, otherwise the commitment and the grind are just going to wear you down. Uh, and after partying, doing the talk show circuit and live, living the easy life for over a year, uh, I'm pretty skeptical that, that Gronk has, has the drive to even get himself back to playing shape, uh, let alone a, a level that, that merits drafting him. So uh, I, I'm a hard pass on, on Gronkowski, but buyer beware is a, a light way of putting it, in my opinion. <laughs> there, there we go. There we go. And uh, my beer is done. Everyone, uh, I, I need m- myself another nine percenter. Like I said, I, I'm tired of looking at the Foose's face over here and, and listening <laughs> to the bullshit that he's spitting on fantasy football BS. But uh, again, just a huge shout out and a huge thank you for for the Foose for coming on and and joining us. I, I know it's it's a lot to to put aside to be able to uh, do a full time job and put the research that that he was able to be in. Can't wait to to add and ask and listen to the listeners to see if they want the foods to join us again. So yeah, huge, no, huge. Thank you. And, and, uh, you know, just to kind of touch on some of that, I mean, I think you bring a wealth of knowledge, not only to the tight end position, but to football in general, um, all of us growing up together and kind of given our listeners background who don't know us personally, uh, you know, we all grew up together. That's why we're bullshitting with each other the way that we are. And that's, you know, that's what we, we always do. We always bust each other's balls. So, um, huge thank you to you for coming on the show, dropping the knowledge and, and, you know, taking it as serious as you did. And I knew you would, and, and you dropped some, some great facts for the listeners. Uh, I think that, you know, every, every, uh, idea and input that you threw out there was, was dead on spot on exactly how, how we would put it as well. So a uh, huge thank you to you for being on the show today. Yeah, I mean, BSing with you guys is uh, just like just like old times, man. Just like growing up. Uh, real quick, I, I appreciate you guys having me. Love all the content you guys have put out so far, uh, and I'm especially thankful uh, for all the trade secrets that you guys are giving up that I will be using to beat you in our league this year. So much appreciated, fellas. It's <laughs> oh, so funny. I just had another buddy that told me the same thing. He's like, "Man, now I know how to beat you." <laughs> I'm like, "I know. This is a terrible idea." We'll see. We'll see. Check us out in a couple of weeks here. You'll be able to actually hear us live draft. And Bryduck and, and me, the snowman over here, will be talking shit about the Foose's picks and laughing and making sure, seeing if he actually upholds to, to the tight end talk that he that he spoke over here. But I'm thirsty. Bryduck, hit us up with those closing remarks. Yeah, closing remarks, social media. If you're on Instagram and uh, YouTube, follow us at Fantasy Football BS on Twitter at fantasy FBBS. Uh, listen to us on any of the major podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Acast, Podbean, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can find us at Fantasy Football BS. Uh, pay attention for uh, next Monday when we drop our next episode. We'll be discussing our sleepers for this year. Um, so that'll be a great episode for everybody to tune into where we uh, drop all the sleepers and then they become not so sleepy sleepers and then everybody drafts them too high and then I'm upset because I don't get to get them late. <laughs> <laughs> huge thank More you. trade secrets. Yeah, huge thank you to our sponsor, uh, Air Care Heating and Cooling. You can reach them at 408-809-7350 or visit them at www.aircareheatandcool.com. Thanks, everyone. Peace out. 
these days I sit and envision my life's existence and I miss it cause I analyze my thoughts like a science exhibit instead of relaxing and enjoying every second my brain takes off and spins like an old school Aussie record the moment I wanna give up I dig deep down hit those piano keys and listen to that sweet sound it takes me to a place I never dreamed I'd touch ground like a rookie in the league when he scores his first touchdown throw my hands in the sky it's time to celebrate prolific minds burn unit decide to conjugate create the gear we see and make some music you wanna play give us a couple of microphones allow us